0: Good morning everybody. Today we will be learning Dotman Bays in Maseches Gittin. Uh, welcome back, Andrew Mazatov and your son Siem. And I hope you don't mind, but Barry and I we couldn't wait, so we had to go a little bit ahead. Um, but I'll catch you up as much as I can what we did in my alf. Uh, Amal- you know what? Let's go 19 lines up from the bottom of Alf Ahmed Bays, just to catch you up a little bit. I'm sorry that we went ahead, Andrew. Um, the topic was of the Mishnah was Chatzi Evetz Chati Ben Chorin, okay. Somebody, the, the, the words that you're looking for here is tashma v'hefda. Um, I'm going to say it outside over here, what's been going on. Chatzia is bin ben'chorin is a mind trip in its own right. Look at this individual. Uh, as we will see, Bezrat Hashem in today's daf, one day he's a slave, and another day he's free. That's, that, that's odd indeed. And then the next day he's a slave again, alternating days. It's kind of nuts. Uh, and yet, it exists. We will see some of the status and some of the implications, ramifications. There's a lot of halachas of avadim, as we talked about in the introduction to slavery. The Jewish concept of slavery is, is, is different. Uh, and certainly, if a slave uh, gets uh, a tooth knocked out or gets injured, he goes free, as we will see. And so what happens if he, if he gets his tooth knocked out on this day that he's, that he's not a slave, that he's free? Those kinds of things. Um, we will talk about that. The question that we got into in the beginning of the Gemara was, how did this Chatziav and Chatziman actually happen? How did this happen to this person that he, ha- that he acquired such a status? So the Rashi really gave it away. Rashi gave away the end of the Gemara is that Andrew and Barry co-owned a slave and then Andrew grew a conscience and, and uh, freed him. And so he's free, and so he's co-owned, but now on one end of his ownership that he got freed on the other he didn't. But the real question of the Gemara, and I, I wasn't explicit enough yesterday, was could one person, if just Andrew had a slave, would he be able to turn his slave into a chazi ever chazi mechorin? Can you have free a slave? Well, that sounds really odd. How could, how could that be, that you could have free a slave? Well, that was a mechlokas. Rabbi said yes. Chachamim said no. That was the beginning of the Gemara. Tana Rabanan, right? That's like at the top of my mouth on base. Ha-Meshachar Avdo, Rebi Omer Kana, V'Chachamim Omerim Lo Kana. That was the beginning of the Gemara. Can you be Meshachar Avdo? That is the question of a single person trying to free his slave. Now, why would you be able to be Kana? It all uh, it all circled around yesterday, the Pasuk in Vayikra, Parak Yatesh where it says of the Shifcha Charufa, Rashi on the Chumash says, shivcha Charufa, you're not going to see this anywhere else in Chumash. Charufa means that she was designated. And designated means that she wasn't exactly married, but she kind of was married, which means that, you know, that, that if somebody right, violates a Shivka Charufa or, or in, in some way, or um, it's not really fully adultery, but it is, how do we know so? The Pasuk says, Ve'hefda ve lo'nifdasah. So it's unbelievable. Rebbe reads into vhefta uh, lo in the pasuk that she kind of is nishtahin and nishtehir vhefta lo She was freed. She wasn't freed. Sounds like she was kind of half free. Okay. Whereas Chachamim would have to say, wait a minute, no. So so we went through this. We can't go through it all again. I apologize, Andrew. But we went through the different things there. Shava versus hekesh. How do you read la la? because uh, the word la also appears in that pasuk and the word la also appears in the pasuk of the of la sefer krisis. So the, therein lies the machlokas between Rabbi Rebbe and the Chachamim as to can you act, can one master, so to speak, actually create a half-slave or a half shifra, right, um, on his own. That was the machlokas that we had. Now, within that machlokas Rabbi Rebbe Chachamim we had a machlokas Rabba and Rebbe Yosef. Rabbah said that this machlokas would only be whether you could do so with a star, whether you could have free a slave with a star. But by Kesef, everybody would agree that you can, in fact, right, monetarily uh, free, have free a slave. As we will see, there is a difference between the financial status of an Eved and what we'll call the, the Iser status of an Eved, the status right, of the goof, Like, is this a slave or is this not a slave? So the shtar, without getting into lamb, this can you spend two months on just this point in yeshiva? You certainly can. But the shtar, right, only affects what the actual sh- status. Well, I shouldn't say it that way. See, it, it's hard to even say these things without getting into, like, um, what Rabbi Safer Shlita would call a tahoim, uh, of Rishonim and Achorim. but the point is that the star clearly most directly affects the status. Right, the star is a is a uh, document of free of freeing the, the them, and that changes their status entirely. Whereas Kesef is more directly um, impacting the financial status. Be that as it may, financially, you could always half free somebody and sort of like have him work part time. We'll call it that, right? As opposed to to say that he's literally a half ever. That makes less sense. That's Rabba's. A uh, or that that would be the machlokas. Whereas Rabbi Yosef says that no, that whether you can actually part-time free a slave is the machlokas. And by a star, everybody would say that you cannot use it because you can, There's no such thing as half measures. Just like there's no half measures by a get shichur, uh, a get of a woman. Right. Just like there's no such thing as getting half divorced. There's no such thing as using a star to get a uh, a um, an evid to be half freed. Okay. Now, the Bryce had challenged Rabbi Yosef, and in and that was the last thing that we ended with. And it turns out that Rabbi Yosef actually holds that it's the in both. Okay? So whereas Raba, so at the end of the day, and we refer to this as the, the Basra, right, the, the later one, the amendment of Rabbi Yosef, right, is where Rabbi Yosef initially right, thought that by Star everybody holds you you cannot. Right, give a half. You get a half slave via star. Turns out that Rabbi Yosef holds that no, that the mechlokas between right, Rabbi and the Chachamim is in fact both with Kasef and with Star. Whereas Rabbah holds that the mechlokas is with Star and by Kasef, everyone says it's okay. That's where we ended up. We said That's we amended Rabbi Yosef Right, And then we said, why then is the Machlokas and the Bryson, Shtar, stars to teach you Koch of the Rebbe? And the Gemara asks, Well, therefore, maybe we should have had an, a Machlokas by Kesef to teach you the power of the Rebbe, right? Again, to, to teach you that he's still a slave, so why did we choose to teach you the, that Rebbe, that he that he's actually, right, that actually you could get half-freed? Says the Gemara Koch de Yeterra Odefle. That amazing idea, and this is where we left off. That the Brysa could have right, even though in this amended version of Yosef, we could have had the machlokas by star or the machlokas by kasef. We could have mentioned right the, and we could have right thus either highlighted right the shita of the chachamim that he's still a slave, or the shita of Rabbi that he's half a slave, and the reason why we wanted to do it uh, to prefer. To, to teach Re- Rebbe's um, kula that, it, that he's half a slave is because koach de ter adif, as we've seen elsewhere in Shas already, koach de ter adif means we'd rather highlight the heter, we'd rather highlight the more permissive view. Why would we rather highlight the more permissive view? Because huh, any lawyer could tell you, oh, that could be a problem, that could be a problem. Uh, let me tell you, don't, that could be a problem. But a lawyer that can actually like build your startup by telling you this is what you can do, right? That is the one that you prefer, right? Because that is in fact the, the, uh, the power you really need to know, the halachas, to know how you can actually, what you can do, right? Anybody can tell you that you should be careful. But to tell you, you know, if you want to be able to navigate this, and uh, then do X, Y, and Z to tell you in the proactive positive way requires a tremendous amount of knowledge of the material and that is therefore what we prefer to highlight. So now 19 lines up, Tashma. So let's go back to support Rabbi Yosef's idea. Now that we say that the machlok is by Kesef and by Shtar, let's just kick this around, Vehefta Again, so the Pasuk is lo lo'niftasa. So Yachol l'ako. you might have thought that she's fully redeemed. Vehefta sounds like she's redeemed. Right? Tamad Lomar, loan iftasa. Right? So the Pasuk says the opposite, right? So as we said, there's a contradiction in the Pasuk itself. So maybe loan iftasa means she was not redeemed at all. Talmud Lomar, vefta. So obviously it's vefta and loan iftasa. Ha, Katesa, has it both. Which is it? Is it vefta or loan iftasa? says the Gemara Peduya, Ve'eina Peduya, of Ve'echov, Kesef. Sounds like categorically she was redeemed and not redeemed. And so you look at the pusuk itself, and maybe that's where Rebbi Rebbe gets, certainly that is where Rebbi Rebbe understands by the shivcha Charufa, the concept of ben ben it sounds like it's both by Kesef and by Shtar, only because it doesn't mention either Kesef or star. says the Gemara. Well, maybe you think it's only by Kesef. Ain't the other by or Minayin? Maybe this is just a monetary, part, part-time Shifcha. Uh, right? The fact that the pusuk not only says that she has this Half and half status, but also says "ochuf which really the word the, "la" sounds like it's definitely talking about a get, right? Ula almar the chas of la the chas of and elsewhere in our very pasuk, the central pasuk of Gittin, we say that he wrote a sefer Krisis, We see "la la malah bishtar afkan bishtar." The fact that the pasuk of Shifcha Harufa says "chuf shalom la" is uh, uh, it makes it right uh, logically or uh, by hekesh, comparable to gitten, and therefore it makes it sound like it, even in the status, uh, even using a star, there's a machlokas. So that's the kernel, the crux of Rabbi Shita. That even with a star, there could even be uh, a way that you could create a chatzir and Okay, so says the Gemara. minayin. In other words, yeah, that so that that this idea of sounds like she was not freed with a shtar, but it doesn't sound like the hefda, the, that the one is compared to the other. In other words, there's a way to read the Pasuk to say that she was chazi shifcha monetarily, but just wasn't freed entire, at all with a shtar. How do you know that this half and half could have also been done by a shtar? So basically we're just like, Digging deeper and keep reading the same pasuk over and over again, and reading into it as the gemara continues to say, "Mashesh star lekesef makesh star lekesef makesh ben kula ben chetzio after ben kula But the pasuk internally, as we've just said, the pasuk internally by saying that it's or Sa and then Khufshalla is trying to say, trying to create some sort of equivalence that whatever would be true for one would be true for the other. What's good? Whatever would be true for the for the heftalon, if the from the monetary, would also be true of chubshon, and not for the star, and therefore, that's the kernel of Rabbi Shita that even for the shtar, it could be a way to create a chazi, ever chazi, ben So now the Gemara says, Bishlam, the Rebbe Yosef, Basr, the Yisusov. The, the Yosef, Basr, the Yisusav is the amended portion of Yosef. So all of this discussion makes sense according to the amended portion of Reb Yosef, where both a kasef and shtar are uh, a way of creating a chazi, ever chazi, ben Right, Hamani, Rabbi, because according to the second opinion of Rabbi Yosef, this would be consistent with Rabbi, who holds, in fact, you can create a chatzim vechatzim mecharen. El le Raba, divra kol Rabbi. Wait a minute. According to the Raba's explanation of the machlokas, so so what was the difference again between Rabbi Yosef and Raba? Raba said according to Rabbi Yosef's second amended version, both Shtar and Kesef have. A chatzief, uh, our way of getting a and a according to Raba he agrees with everything except for that he holds that everybody both Chachamim and Rebbe would agree that monetarily you can always have a part-time slave so wait a minute if that's the case so then how, how does this whole right, hermeneutics this whole way that we doctrine that the Fasuk work you're going to say that according to Rebbe the Reisha right, which says that um, right, that you can in fact uh, Get a part-time slave. That is according to both the Rebbe and the Chachamim, the uh, and the Chachamim. Sorry, Rebbe and the Chachamim. And then the Sefer is going to be Rebbe, whereas in the Sefer that says that uh, is allowed, you can have, right, a uh, shtar. So in other words, according to Rebbe Yosef, it sounds like you could do it. There's a machlokas is by shtar and by kesef. According to Rabbah, there's only a by shtar. So according to Rabbah, it would turn out that the machlokas is only by shtar. So what are you going to say? that the beginning of the, the first ruling of the b'risa is, is according to De'Var call and the last ruling of the Brysa is only according to Rebbe? That doesn't seem consistent internally in the Brysa. So HaMelecha Rabbah in. Yeah, you can have that. Reisha De'Var HaKol, but say for Rebbe, you have one Brysa following the opinion of everybody and the second Brysa or within that Brysa, the second halacha is going to be only according to Rebbe, and that's not so bad. Or alternatively, we see Ravashi always does this, uh, that the whole thing is, the whole price is Rebbe. How could the whole Bryce be Rebbe? Because, in other words, the Bryce just reflects the Sheet of Rebbe. It didn't mention the Sheet of Chachamim, And therefore, the Bryce just uh, reflects the Sheet of Rebbe. That in fact, right, you can use Kesef or Star, right, in order to create the Schatziev and and Therefore, it looks like it's consistent with Rebbe Yosef, but really, uh, it's actually talking about uh, Rebbe's. Shita. So, now four lines up from the bottom of Ahmed Bays, we're going to talk about what the machlokes Rebbe and the Chachamim, in fact, right. would be. Back into our Mishnah. So, our Mishnah said, So, again, guys, just to regroup. The entire time now, we were talking about how can you create a Chetzi Ever Chetzi Menchorin as a single owner. So, our Mishnah now. So, clearly, Barry, it's not so simple. It's a machlokas Rebbe, right, and the Chachamim, and it's machlokas Rabba and Rebbe Yosef as to what the machlokas Rebbe and the Chachamim is. So, which of this Punnett square, if you will, which of this uh, possibilities is our Mishnah? That's what our Gemara wants to know. So the Gemara says, "Bishleim al Rabba, Mokem al All right. So now you could say, is it Rabba Rebbe Yosef, or you could say, maybe it's according to Rabba because. Rabbi holds that there's no problem with chetziyev and chetzem by kesef, and therefore our mishnah would be reflecting both Rabbi and the Chachamim, right? And therefore maybe that's the case, right? Because that's the one case where everybody agrees, where Rabbi and Chachamim. If you look at the Punnett square, or uh, right the um, uh, of this, if you look at all the four possibilities of what it could be, there is one case where both Rebbe uh, and the Chachamim would agree that you can have a Chetzi Eben Chetzim and What's that? That is by Kesef according to Raba. That's the one where everybody would agree that you can have a Chetzi Eben Chetzim and So maybe when our Mishnah categorically says, just like offhand, Misha Chetzi, chetzi as if of course that can happen, maybe it's, that's what it's saying. It's saying according to Raba and in the context of Mani. And then everybody, Rebbe and the Chachamim would agree. Lema Rebbe... But how would our Mishnah work according to Rebbe Yosef? Would you say Leima he below Rabbanon? Would our Mishnah say that? Would Rebbe Yosef have to say that our Mishnah is not according to the Rabbanon? Because after all, Rabbanon would say it's a machloket where it's only Rebbi would say that it would work, right? Or, or rather, a better way of saying it is only according to Rebbi would it work? Rabbanon would say that it wouldn't work according to the version of Rebbe Yosef, neither by money nor by star. So Amar Ravina, so to resolve this? Ravina says that we arrive in Beis Hamidrash at the manageable time, five fifty-three a.m. Finally, he gets to what Rashi said on our Mishnah, that the case is where you have Andrew and Mary co-owning a slave, and that we finally come back around to how you can have a chazi according to everybody. Whether you hold that a single owner can free a half-slave or not is not necessarily relevant, because our Mishnah might be talking about a case where they co-owned, and there you certainly can have a chatz and a that's for sure. In other words, everybody agrees a chatz and a ch-tze-yavet exists. It's just a machlokas whether a single owner can can do that. Okay. Now, let's talk about the machlokas a little bit more. Amar Raba, machlokas b'shichur chetziav chetzio. Right, Rabbi The the machlokas might be just getting a little, even a little more granular. Granular. If you freed half your slave and kept your other half. In other words, we're going back to the single owner now. Okay, Andrew develops half a conscience. So he's only freeing half his slave. Nice one, Andrew. (laughs) If Andrew, however, so again, the machlokas would be if he retained the other half. But if Andrew sold, like freed one half, sold or gave away the other half, since the entire slave eventually goes out of Andrew's ownership, everyone would agree, even the would agree that the slave himself is Kona half his freedom, right? Because, again, he has no owner. He doesn't have any uh, connection to the original owner anymore. Rashi points out, it's the last wide line over here. It would have to be, says Rashi, that Andrew first sold or gave or simultaneously sold or gave his ownership because after all, right, um, the slave would have to be Kona himself, and the slave could only be caught himself if Andrew had no uh, attachment to him anymore. So Andrew couldn't free half of him first. Then it wouldn't work. But, anyways, be that as it may, that statement is challenged. Amr Abaye, Abaye argues on Rabbi and says, Don't they argue, uh, uh, even in the case, don't Chachamim uh, also argue in a case where Andrew holds on to the entire slave, because we had a Bryce as follows, right? Like this. In other words, Rabaye is saying that even when Andrew sold um, and or gave away the other half, it should still work. That there's still such thing as freeing half a slave when you give away the other half. Where do we get this from? Again, you have to be a genius like Rabaye to fit, tease this out of the Brisa. And here's how he does it. The case is as follows: Tanichada, that if you write away. Let's say a person writes away his possessions to two slaves simultaneously. Well, guys, I mean, it's not comfortable to say because it's not PC, but the slaves are his possessions. So by writing away, uh, let's say you had one slave and you wrote away all your possessions to him, we've already discussed, that's tantamount to freeing freeing him. All right, but what if you okay, so that's if you have one slave, it's easy. What if you have two slaves and you write all your possessions? So like, did you, now do they own each other? Says the Risa Kanu they each acquire half of his stuff, and as such, between the two of them, they own all of everything, including each other, and therefore they have the authority thus to free each other. Wow. Okay. Well, you can infer from that, see, only Abaye could be genius enough to infer from that, that what? That each one had a partial freedom, and the other one of the slaves was gifted to each other, and therefore, even though Andrew, who is the, the, the owner of these two slaves, even though he freed like half of them and gifted the other half, they still had enough power to free each other fully. Okay, that's the raya that even if Andrew were to give the other half, he still retains the ability, then the slave still retains the ability to become free. Whoa, okay. Let's do another break. So here, Andrew is giving all his possessions to so-and-so his slaves, avadai in the plural, af atzmam uh-oh. So now we have a contradictory vice. that even themselves as the slaves don't acquire themselves. So would you say, ha-rebbi, ha my love, ha rebi, ba wouldn't you say that this is a clean break? That one is Rebbe who says it's such a thing as half as a chatziave, chatzia ben and one is a Rebbe that says that there isn't a chatziave, a chatzia chati bin kharen, and that's what's reflected in the two baisas. And therefore, yet, Apparently, that's the machlokas. And this machlokas exists even when Andrew completely re- releases the slaves, right, and gives away the other half. And so we see that it should, ha- it should really be a direct, right, a direct contradiction to Rabbah. Because Rabbah said that it, this only works if Andrew retains the other half. Says Abayu, no. You see from these brises that even when he gives away the other half, it still works. You still have the clean machlokas, Rebbe, that it works to have a half slave and Rabbanan that it doesn't. Says the Gemara, no. Rabbas could still make sense. Why? Lo? Both cases would be the rabbanan that the half measures don't work. Had kulo, But the fact that he said, why does this b'risa say that it does work? Because he said to each slave, all my possessions. And had chetzi. The difference has to do with how Andrew stipulated his gift to his slaves. And had he said all my possessions. So when he says all my possessions, it means that everything goes to these slaves, and then everybody goes free. Had he said, each one of you gets half of my estate, oh, so then that would not work, right? In other words, in the case where he retained ownership and he said to one slave, half are to you, and to the other one, half are to you, that's where, right, it doesn't work, okay? Okay, so that's the explanation. Because again, the second bright cement Chetzi, chetzi, So so so, that, so that's what it means. Chetzi Chetsi shouldn't work, right? But of course, when he gives away everything, so that's how it works because he's actually showing that what he wants to do is to free. It's showing the intent, right? That's how you show intent by, by the way that you formulate that that um by the way that you formulate that stipulation. However, the Gemara says of him, Amar Yeah. But then the Gemara pulls out. Like the second b'risa really has a second portion that we hid the ball. We didn't show it yet. That the b'risa meant that when chetzi, chetzi that really doesn't work, right? V'imamar chetzi lo So everybody agrees that if you said chetzi chetzi lo kanu, that implies that the beginning of the second b'risa was not a case of chetzi, chetzi right? In other words, the Gemara wanted to say that the first b'risa where it works is where he says, I'm giving you guys everything, in which case... His intention was to free them, and the second b'risa, when it doesn't work is when he says, "I'll give you half and I'll give you half." So obviously they each are stuck now because they can't be freed. So the gemara no, because it's explicit in the continuation of the second b'risa that he, that <laughs> that if he says chetzi chetzi, then certainly they're not going to anything. So anyway, it says the gemara. He called the ratio de kulo. It sounds like the first portion of the second b'risa, is where he actually did give them everything. So now we are still stuck with a contradiction of the b'risa, not really a contradiction. Just one is like Rebbe, and one is like the Rabbanon. So the Gemara answer is no. That, uh, that inference in the b'risa is not correct, because what the hemshech of the b'risa is saying, when it actually, right, the continuation of the b'risa, of the second b'risa, when it talks about chetzi is doing, is not contradicting, it's not contrasting with the first half of the second brisa, but rather it's explaining what the second brisa means. Oh, so that is consistent with the Gemara's explanation. In other words, Yeah, the reason why in the second brisa doesn't work is it's because it's if Andrew said you each get half. And again, when Andrew says you each get half, that for sure is going to right, preclude them actually being fully free. And the Gemara points out that mistaber, that also makes sense. Because if you said that the first case is talking about when Andrew says you guys get everything, then in the second b'risa where he says kulo, right? So, so once he says kulo, then would you really need the second b'risa to teach you the, the concept of chetzi Because it would be obvious that it's contrasting with the case where we have, where of course it doesn't work. Gemara says, that's not such a great proof, because, if that was your only proof, that wouldn't be enough of a proof. In other words, the proof that we have is that we have a full, right, uh, text of the Brysa, and we know that the Hemshach of the Brysa is Chetzi Chetzi, and that it's just explaining it. That we could say. But to say that, the, it, that it, like, to go the extra step and say, oh, and it also makes sense, because you would have made this inference, you would not necessarily have made that inference, says the gemara because... Because you still would have wanted in other words, you can't say that the Seifa is revealing the that you because you could still say that the Seifa has to enlighten the rasha is the point. Because right? Because in other words, you can't say that the first halacha invalidates the 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 first halacha, Right of the brisa invalidates the idea that you could have a a aval kulo if he said kulo for sure would work because tana kulo because again the the second part of the brisa right said that works vafilu haq because the first part says kulo vafilu haqi lo and even and even still the slaves don't acquire in other words neither halacha is exactly uh, obvious and you should not be able to necessarily. Uh, infer one from the other. And Barry, I don't need to tell you, The the right this uh, topic is confusing and convoluted enough that you can't assume anything, right? You can't assume, oh yeah, no, obviously, obviously this is talking about Kulo and therefore chetzi, chetzi wouldn't work. No, we need the second statement of chetzi, chetzi because it's not obvious. That's the point. So in other words, this last point of the Gemara, all I was saying was, this tachinami nami mistabra is a little bit overstated, right? To say that it's obvious and that you don't need this, uh, uh, that you need the second half of Chetzi Chetzi. It's not obvious. Maybe you do need it, maybe you don't need it. The bottom line is, guys, that we are saying that there is such a thing, uh, perhaps as Chetzi, as chetzi, chetzi And one could assume that in a case, and again, this is kind of like a, uh, tangent off of a tangent where basically there would be a difference whether Andrew says to both slaves, you guys get everything, or whether he says to each slave, you guys get half. In the case where he says, "You guys get everything, that would be the case where you actually be freeing both, but be that as it may uh, well before we finish that let 's just get one more resolution between the two braces right so another again, there was an issue between the two braces. one made it sound like Andrew can free both slaves, and that 's really the issue here right again our our tangent off of the tangent is. Can Andrew free both slaves? <laughs> Rabbah really got us into a, a situation here. Can Andrew um, free both slaves, right, even when he's giving away the other, ha- the other half? So that was the tangent. So the question is, B'shtar Echad, it certainly would not work. And B'shnei it would work. Why am I saying that? Because we'll see. When you give a Shtar Shechor to an evet, it has to be mano a mano, Andrew. It has to be, one star per evad you can't double up and write both avadim in a single star why because as we'll see that is similar to women you can not one can't divorce divorce all his wives with one star, you can't chaperay and use one soifer and save money that way. Because the cuts of law safe increases v'nasan law, we learn that by getting it, and that's true for star shechor of as well. And therefore, when he uses star one star for both of them, he says, "You guys get everything. They're not going to go free." And that's the discrepancy in the b'raisa. It's not really necessarily this mental gymnastics of chetzi chetzi versus right kulo, but rather it's this idea of one star versus two. Says the Gemara: B'shtar echad, my ira chetzi chetzi. Wait, right, but if the second Bryce was talking about shtar echad, so then why do you have to say chetzi chetzi? Well, if you're learning this idea that you can never free a slave, two slaves with one star, so then why are we getting involved in chetzi chetzi? Even if he said you guys could have everything and didn't say chetzi chetzi, it wouldn't work because you could never use one star for two avodim. And the Gemara says, hachi namikamar af Atman lo Right, that's what the Bryce is saying. So the, gemara, so the gemara answers that is what the Bryce is saying that even themselves that it doesn't work at all. But med very when does not work at all. B'shtar echad. So we're saying we're present. We're defending the Sibai's ema that it has to do with whether he Andrew used one or two staros by saying that in fact that's consistent with the way the second Brysa is worded. That b'shtar echad would be where you cannot write free both slaves Oh kanu. But if you use two stars, you can free both slaves. V'mar and in addition to that, what is Chetzi doing here? Chetzi means that if Andrew said half of you go to one evan and half of you go to the other, then even if Andrew had formalized that by giving two separate to each Ebed, it still wouldn't work. It still possibly wouldn't work because again, he had not retained ownership of either of them and therefore they can't free each other. Or... One more resolution between the Braithers, this we already alluded to before, and that's why Rashi had pointed it out, that when you do it simultaneously, right, then, then it, it would work. But where you did it sequentially, freed one slave, then the other, so then it wouldn't work, why? Because logically the second slave shouldn't get anything, right? The first slave becomes the freed. Once the first slave becomes freed, so then really the second slave, so to speak, is his property and he, and he owes it and, 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 he, and he's owned to him. How does he go free? In other words, Andrew only has the power. Andrew can't have the power to free the second slave once the first slave owns him, right? Andrew is the one that's doing the shichra. But how is he, he going to be, right, the second slave once the first slave, if it's sequential, then Andrew has lost Right, the authority to free the second slave by relinquishing everything to the first slave. Oh, so it says the Gemara, I understand that the second one wouldn't be um, freed in that case, wouldn't own himself, himself. because the first slave owned himself. But the first slave should receive both. He should acquire himself and his fellow slave. And yet, what? The of rule that neither of them acquire themselves. So, why is the of ruling that neither them acquire themselves? Says the yeah, you're right. This last suggestion wasn't so good. This sequential, this sequential versus simultaneous is, is not the pshat. Those other pshatim that we had were better. One last resolution. 15 lines up on the bottom. Ravashi Amar. Here he comes in. Always he's the final editor, Barry. So he always comes in and has the last say. Shiny hasim dekakari dayai right? The case of the second verse says where he says, my slaves. What does my slaves indicate, guys? Rashi. The Abdai, mishtar gufei. In the shtar itself, he says, uh, this is going to go to my slaves. Sh'ma no, lo shachorinu He thinks that he can maintain them, you know, if you still refer to them as your slaves, that means that that's your mentality. That you're not freeing them. And that's what he literally formalized in the get, in the actual shtar. And says to Rashi, v'to'eh. This was a mistake. He thought he could bequeath, you know, right? Andrew uh, thought that as he's moving into, you know, a different community where they no longer have slavery because he developed this conscience, he says, and this, oh, and, this and all the stuff I want to give over, let's say, matana, right? I want to give it over to my slaves. It's like, okay, Andrew, you're very liberal. It's wonderful. We're very proud of, uh, of, your, of you. But you still call them your slaves, Andrew. Did you hear what you said? By calling them your slaves and writing so in, on your cloth, you've undone, right, the, their ability to be called to anything because you've retained them as your property. Okay, so Andrew, next time you do it, say, I give it now over to my free, right, uh, to the free people that, I've, that I have no longer referred to as slaves. Good. I'm a from Larvashi. Yeah, Raphim said to Rashi, Vidilma Abdoya Shayukvar. That's not what Andrew meant. And When Andrew says, I give it over to my slave, he meant the ones that were formerly my slaves. That's what Andrew meant. Milot none. have we not learned after all in the Mishnah, Kosuf Kodachas, Lavda, Yatzalacherus? Right? We already have many Mishnayas where it says, right? The Mishnah itself, when it says, in the classic case, where Andrew gives all of his stuff to his Evid, the Evid goes free. Right, in a classic case, it's just one man giving all of his stuff to one Evid, the Evid goes free. And nobody ever said, Oh, well, he's still calling him his Evid, right? We did say that Shir Kaka koshu loyatza. We did say that if he leaves over anything, he's Loyatzelocheras, right? Shir Ka koshu loyat's. So Shimon almost Shirman says that he could go free. <speaking Chinese> and we already saw this machlokes already, right? Um because we quoted this mission and pay already in the third parak, where basically there's machlokas tanakama and as to how much you have to leave over. But the bottom line is that if he said he can have everything except for this other plot of land, that that was the fly in the ointment. That's the only reason that he doesn't go free. Aloha Mahachi kani. But everybody would agree, right? Both Rashiman and the Tanakama would agree that if he said I give over everything to my slave, that the slave goes free. How could that be? Am I by So what are you saying, Ravashi? After all, he called him an Ebed. Ela Avdi Shayukvar. It must mean that any time we say I give everything over to my uh, slaves, you mean the one who formerly was my slave. Right. So here too, it's my the one that was formerly my slave but is no longer my slave. And therefore, that actually works. And so when you say, my slave, it doesn't mean that you still consider them your slaves, as we had in, had Rashi, had, Rav Ashi had suggested, mm-hmm. but rather it means that you're actually implying that you're freeing he who had formerly been your slave. And that, in fact, is the Geronowitz Musar moment. Oh, there you go, God. buddy. It's the Gemara Musar moment. Why? Because look at this. Rav Ashi didn't have to include it. He was the final editor of the Gemara. And yet he was wrong in suggesting, his suggestion that Andrew's mentality was still a slave. So Rav Ashi quotes his point, his point, and then, he un, and then he unproves his point, and he and it's the intellectual honesty of our Chazal that is the backbone of our Mesorah. Okay, five lines up at the bottom. Barry, Andrew, Geronowitz, guys, Matt, we've made it to the Final, we finished the analysis of how one becomes a chatziyev and chatziy ben We should make a sim, right? Beautiful. Now let's talk about some halachas of a chatziyev and chatziy ben Now that we know how, perhaps it can uh, be achieved. Here we go. A shor. right? So here, here's the deal. <laughs> a Shanaga, a slave has a different halacha than a shur that gourd. Now we're going to get into bavakama here. A that gourd, a free person, a that gourd as a slave has different halachas. Okay, so let's say you have a chatzim, you have a mechar, In the classic case, like Rashi says in our Mishnah, Andrew and Barry co-owned a slave. Andrew grew a conscience and let him go. So now he's one day on, one day off. So what happens if Yom Shel Rabo, LaRabo? If he was gored on the day that Barry owned him, so then Barry is the one that gets paid for his damaged slave. Yom shelatzmo If he gets gored on the day that previously Andrew but he freed him, so now the slave himself collects his own damages because he's a free man. Oh, isn't that amazing? It depends on which day he gets gored. So the Yom Yom What are you gonna say? On the day that he, that Barry owns him, he should marry a shifcha, like an Evid. And on the day that he's free, he should marry, uh, he should go to Karen Traub and marry one of the one of the beautiful Besakov girls of Baltimore? That doesn't make any sense. Because the next day he's going to be a guy again. That doesn't make any sense. Says the Gemara. No, no. Isura loka amrinan. When we say he's one day, one day off, he doesn't mean he actually has a fully double life, <laughs> yeah, like that. He's a, that, that that his whole essence changes from day to day. But rather, financial arrangement, right? Like financially, all the work he does on his Andrew days he owns, and all the work he does on his Barry days goes to Barry. It's just a financial arrangement. Of course, uh, not to get into it too far, but. Barry, I know, I know, I'm beating up on Barry over here We should have switched it Andrew seems like more of a slave guy I actually got feedback on that He's like, how do you know that Andrew isn't more of a slave guy So that that's a good point Yeah, a little more of a slave guy He looks like, yeah, he wouldn't have been yeah. Tashma uh, Let's put it this way Andrew probably would not have been an abolitionist Okay, but we've said too much Tashma It was different times, Andrew Tashma It was different Nas Andrew Okay, back back into here. The Brisa says that again, if an ox killed a chetz the ox owner has to give right the half penalty, right the 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 which we'll get into, to the master. Okay, so right. So so what's the case? Um, One second. So the yorshav and half to the yorshim. To the slave's heirs. In other words, the slave's dead now. So now the slave can't get it. So you have a chatsi, you have a ben Now he's not just damaged, he's killed. So when he's killed, so Barry, we're going to keep it the way we did before. Barry gets, right, the chatsi nezek. And the other, the chatsi kofer, the other chatsi kofer is going to go to the slave's heirs, the free portion. Am I? Why is it so? Achinami leima, yom shal yom shal atzma So here we should also say the answer is that it's clean. Barry gets right the part of him that was already killed and because he owned him and, and the heirs of the slave get the part that was freed So the gemara no so in other words why is that a question because it sounds like he fazed, he should pay right uh, a full cofair to the slave himself the gemara answers shiny <laughs> hakhadaka in other words the brysa was a problem because what is right what is this permanent loss is this double life? Does he still live a double life with regards to Isser? Because we said it's only a monetary payment. So if it's only a monetary payment, it's only monetarily in which he is actually, right, uh, half Barry's and half Andrew's, but not in terms of uh, Isser of It's not a real double life. So the answer is that, and so this, once he's killed, it sounds like it's a real double life. Like half of him was fully in Evitt to Barry and the other half was fully free. The answer is no. It's really so long as he was alive, it was a monetary thing. Now that it's a permanent loss, as that's what the phrase kalyakarna means, that the principle, in this case being the evid, now that the whole thing was lost, now the double life is over and you have to sort out the details. That's why That's why that, uh, that idea of when he gets killed is not exactly a reflection of whether he has an actual iser split in half as a double life or not. To which the Gemara says, So what would be the case where he's not actually fully lost? says the Gemara. So yeah. He got hit on his hand, the hand got injured, and then it got back, and then it healed. So I can understand, according to Ab'aye. Where's b'aye? Rashi says. You have to look at Babakamataf Pavov and we'll get to it. There's an idea of Adam Shchhovel Shahavero. What's the machlokas Like this. What's the question? Well, when a man inflicts an injury, right, on someone, does he get compensated or not? My mother-in-law, Zelzain Gizun, was once nearly cut in half by an Egged bus, and she, Baruch Hashem, is uh, recovered. So we tried to get compensation in Israel. So uh, Stern, who's who's a brilliant Israeli lawyer, says, no, no, no. In Israel, they only compensate you for damages, not for disability, okay? So in other words, if she actually lost money, You'll get money, but there's no such thing as like being burnt by a coffee that's too hot at Starbucks and getting eight million dollars. That that's an American thing, okay? So, you know, she may have been cut in half, but she survived, so she's not going to get any money, which turned out to be true. So, so, Abaye says that no, that even in injury, you get disability and you get damages. So, according to Rabaye, that's that's sharper. El Rava, Rava has a more Israeli attitude. Yeah, you're only going to get your daily disability like whatever you lost financially that's what you get but you're not getting like damages. High shore who's in a Michale Milanesic. So wait a minute, a shore only is mishalim damages. No, this is the fundamental idea that if you get injured by a human being that's the only case where you have a machlokas. But if you get injured by a, a shore it's always like the Israeli way where you only get damages. Okay? So then what's the issue? So we're talking about where shore uh hit his hand and he all he did was do was do a little bit of a of a temporary right thing on his hand, so you should only be paying damages according to everybody. Or he buys you call Adam. But he buys, so so what's the answer? So how could it be that that's the case where the Evid actually gets right that's the only case of low kali where the evet actually there would be a question as to what the evet's compensation would be. So either you could say that he was hit by a man and therefore there is an issue of disability, be or maybe a fascinating idea that the ruling is according to the brisa. It's not a Mishnah or a brisa, but it's just a Tanaic piece of information and this fundamental idea in shas that meimra la rava that the rava who's an amora. This is the Kovach Shurim discusses it. Why do I know that? Not because I read the Kovach Shurim cover to cover, because the art scroll quotes it. That Amoraim can dispute statements of Tanaim as long as they were not formalized in the Brysa or the Mishnah. And therefore Rava has the authority to dispute this. So we'll pick up tomorrow, Bez Shem, 12 lines down on Membez and Bez, the rest with more halachas of a Chati Eved, Chati Ben Chorin.